Hi, it's Carolina. I'm so excited that you could join us on the City Point Redcliffe podcast. You're just about to hear a message from one of our incredible preaching team, and I know you're going to be encouraged and inspired by what you hear. If it does encourage you, why don't you share it with someone who you know might need to hear it as well? And make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any of the messages that are uploaded every single week. And for now, sit back and enjoy. I hope you get blessed. We're going to come into the Word right now. And I'm not sure if you're aware of it, but today marks Pentecost Sunday. And uh, Pentecost Sunday, you might be like, what the heck is going on there? Why is he speaking another language? Uh, But Pentecost is this word that comes from the Greek word Pentecost, and it means 50. And it's the 50th day after Easter Sunday. It's only been 50 days since Easter. I have no idea what I've done with my time. I have, if you asked me to say, what have you done in the last 50 days? I would have to scale my calendar. I'd have to, to tell you what's going on, but it's only been 50 days. But what's incredible is that it's, the Spirit of God had only just dropped in this moment that the disciples had been living in limbo for 50 days. Like they walked with Jesus for 40 days, but then there was a, a waiting period. There's a waiting that allowed the Spirit of God to move on the people. When Jesus ascended into heaven, we're about to read it. He didn't just say, I'm about to leave. Now immediately go into the world and speak in power and you be my witnesses. He said, no, I want you to go into Jerusalem and there's going to be a waiting period. There's actually going to be a space for you to choose whether you remain or whether you leave. There's a space for you to choose whether you believe my word or you're just following the fat. Are you just going to stand on what is popular or are you going to stay and believe on the word of God as what is truth and what will happen? There's a period of waiting. And I want to speak tonight this idea that waiting changes things. Waiting changes things. Because we, we read Acts 1 in the light of the rest of the book of Acts. We're like, we know what's going to happen. I remember going to school, and in the last couple of years of school, they were like, yo, you need to know what you're doing with your life, because otherwise, if you leave school without knowing what's going to happen next, you're going to fail. That's not what they said. That's what it felt like. And I know that's probably been dialed up to 11 now with some of the teenagers in here, what you guys do. But... They, they don't know what's about to come next. All they've got is the Word. They don't know in Acts 9 that Saul's going to be converted by the power of God. They don't know that he's going to write epistles. They don't know that the churches are going to um, expand only when uh, persecution comes. They don't know Stephen um, gets persecuted and killed with rocks. They don't know any of this. All they have is the Word. All they have is the waiting. And these people became heavyweights in faith later. But right now, they're just heavyweights in waiting. And that's my title tonight. I like to play on things. We're heavyweight champions. As Christ followers, we are heavyweight champions. It's in the waiting that purifies things. There was thousands that heard the word of God, but there was only 120 in the upper room. There's something in... The waiting. And here's the line. Here's what I want to get into our hearts tonight. It's in waiting that we practice trust 
abdicate control and submit to his power. So it's in the waiting that we practice trust, abdicate control, and submit to his power. Let's read Acts chapter 1, verses 4, and it's going to be like a little bit weird. Uh, This is one of those moments where I'm like, I'm just going to copy and paste this and send it to the media team, because if I explain it, it's going to be weird. We're going to read Acts 4 and 5, verse 13, and then 14. Great. On Acts chapter 1, Chapter 4, it says, on one occasion, while he, being Jesus, was with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait. Say wait. For the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about, for John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Jumping down to verse 13. So then they arrived. They went upstairs to the room they were staying and verse 14 says, they were all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with all his brothers. They did not know what was going to happen. They had to sit and wait on the word. They weren't yet champions. They weren't yet writing history. They were just following Jesus. You know, I don't want to do great things for Jesus unless they're in my book for what God has for me. You know, sometimes we can strive for God. I want to do great things for the Lord. It's like, well, I just want you to obey me. If that includes great things, awesome. But I don't want to be outside of the will wanting great things. I prefer to be in his will, just pursuing him, just seeking after him. As I said, they didn't know what happens in Acts 2. They didn't know 3,000 were about to be added to their community. All they were doing is just following Jesus. There's something that happened in the waiting. And this word wait, um, in our culture, this term wait really has a passive connotation. It's like, let me kick out my legs on the lazy boy. Let me um, slide around. Let me get my lazy Susan to the center next to my um, recliner and let me wait. Let me flick on some Netflix and I'm going to wait for something to happen. You got the John Mayer saying, waiting on the world to change and it's sitting there doing nothing, waiting for someone else to do it. That is not what the Bible is talking about. This word wait, when you get into the back of it, into what it meant for the people who it was written to, means a a, a synonymous word for wait, look, and hope. These three things, they used almost um, split 33% each way, wait, look, and hope. I look to the Lord. I set my eyes into the hill. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. There's a, a looking, there's an attention. It is not an active recliner, boy, oh, I guess I should wait now. Let someone else do the work for me. It's almost like there's a an active choice in waiting. There's almost like there's a a choice to wait. There's a looking to. You can't not actively look. You're just blind. Faith isn't blind. Faith has a destination. It says in Hebrews, it's like, faith is the evidence of things unseen, the substance of things hoped for. Can you see that it's not about what you see in front of you, but it's what you see in the kingdom. It's what you see in the Father. It's what you see in the Word that is given. It's not a recliner boy sort of passive faith, but it's an invitation to surrender your own information and submit to His authority, submit to His judgment, to submit to His honor. 
And uh, what really, so when you're doing a Bible study, a Bible word study, often you get like a list of like 100 words that you, you read from, you're like, I have no time for this. Um, I'm not sure what you think pastors do, but I have other things to do. Uh, but in this occasion, Acts 1, chapter 4, when Jesus uses the word wait, it's only used once in the New Testament and once in the Old Testament. And its root word, get this, is to bind together. It has this imagery of to bind, to, to anchor my soul to something. And in doing so, I'm setting my gaze somewhere, I'm setting my attention somewhere, and I'm setting my faith somewhere as an anchor for my soul. There is a binding together. So go and wait for the Holy Spirit. Go and bind yourself to the word I'm giving you right now. Go and bind yourself, not, not for 30 seconds, not until someone else speaks in the microphone, not until next Sunday. But there was a waiting. There was an awkward amount of time. Have you ever tried to pray beyond what you think you can pray? Like, we all have a solid, maybe two-minute solid prayer. And then you get after two minutes, you're like, Yo, what do I say now? Like, I've done the Lord's Prayer. I've, I prayed a psalm. What now? Like, but there's more. There's more in the waiting because in the waiting is where we confront our own insecurities, our own uh, ability to trust in the Father. It's because it's in the waiting they had this 10 days of saying, I wonder if the Spirit will actually come. I wonder if God is actually, like, He did just rise from the dead, so there's strong evidence in the favor of Jesus. But... It's in the waiting of when God has sent a word into your heart that you will drop this addiction, but maybe it's not immediate. Maybe there's a process of waiting on the Lord. Maybe there's a process of refinement that's happening. Maybe there's a process that's going on in your heart, and it's not about the destination. It's about the refinement in the journey. There's something in the waiting. I don't want to be a, I want to be a heavyweight champion. I don't want to just carry things. I want to wait on the Lord. So wait on the Lord and your, your strength will be renewed like the eagles. In Psalms 130, we're going to read the whole psalm right now. I've, um, this year I've taken to reading a psalm a day and to really just sitting and meditating. Um, I find myself, I can, I can read a lot of scripture for other things, I, I can recall it, but there's something that takes stillness, there's something in the waiting, there's something in the sitting that peeled back my own heart. Now, that's not for everyone. You, some of you need a Bible plan to shred every morning. That's fantastic. But for me, I felt the Spirit leading me to not shred through multiple Scripture, but to spend time in the stillness and asking the Spirit to read me. So Psalm 130 says, Out of the depths I cry to the Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. If you, Lord, kept a record of sins, Lord, who could stand against? But with you there is forgiveness. So that we, with reverence, serve you. I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits, and in His Word, I put my hope. I wait for the Lord more than the watchman waits for the morning, more than the watchman wait for the morning. Israel, put your hope in the Lord. 
For with the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. He himself redeemed Israel from all their sins. Can you see there's more? Would there be an invitation to unite that there's a deeper thing? I think we can get so caught up in programs, so caught up with performance, that we try and substitute it for proximity. But the call to waiting is a call to proximity. Because there's some things that you just can't be taught. You have to catch it. What are you going to catch in the Spirit tonight? What are you going to catch tomorrow morning as you open Scripture and allow the Spirit to read you? What are you going to catch? More than what information you'll be receiving, but what are you allowing the Spirit to speak? It's not about just receiving information. If so, flick on a podcast, we're all happy. But a podcast didn't transform someone. The Spirit of God transforms people. The Pharisees knew the Scripture, but they didn't know the Spirit. They didn't even recognize Jesus. I don't want to know so much Scripture that I can't see beyond my own information. I want the Spirit to know me. There's a quote that arrested me, arrested my soul, and it says this. It's by St. Gregory. The world seems very small to the soul who contemplates the grandeur of God. The world seems very small to the soul who contemplates the grandeur of God. This is when you're in proximity, when you have your eyes fixed on the king. It's not that you're actively trying to look and work out your circumstance. It's not like you're trying to actively fix your circumstance, but in the attention fixed to the Father, things shift. Suddenly the world which seems so big, suddenly the circumstance that seems so impossible, suddenly your prayer that seemed improbable is reduced in size at the grandeur of your God. Would your soul contemplate not what you have to do today, not at the program that you've fixed for yourself, not the attendance of a church service, but proximity with the Father, and as your soul mingles with Him, there's a transformation. Romans says that you will be transformed by the renewing of your mind. There, transformation is the passive result of exposure and transformation of the mind. You're not actively going, man, I'm trying to be transformed today. And I just need to be a better person. Man, I just need to get my list together. I need to get, I'm sorry I looked at that again, Lord. I'm sorry I said that. I'm sorry I lost it again, Lord. He's saying it's not in the trying, it's in the submission. It's not a passive activity, it's a yielding and abdicating of control. As I said, it's in the waiting that we practice trust, abdicate control, and submit to his power. Acts chapter 1, verses 6, it won't be on the screen. It says that they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it's not for you to know the times and the dates the Father is set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes to you. I love that he's like, I'm not going to tell you. Wouldn't it be nice to know what happens next? Wouldn't it be nice to have the apostles to have known what happens next? It's like, I'm so keen to know what happens to me in five years, but I just can't get it. Because I look at the last five years and there's no way I would have picked today. <laughs> But there's something in the waiting, isn't there? Because you have to trust the Lord. It's in the waiting, in the distance between here and where He's taking you that there's refinement, there's trust, 
and there's power. Waiting isn't wishing, it's a submission to his authority. And uh, in this verse, it says, you will see power that comes from heaven. You plus the Holy Spirit is enough to transform your family. You plus the Holy Spirit is enough to transform and to pray in that lost friend. You plus the Holy Spirit is enough to see the culture shift in your workplace. You plus me plus them is enough to change the region of Redcliffe to see the seed of Petrie set free. You plus the Holy Spirit. Because when you're in the waiting, there's an impartation of power. And the impartation of power comes when you abdicate yours. Because they didn't, it's not for you to know the times, it's for the Father to know the times. Wow, wouldn't it be nice that we all just believed that that was enough for us, that our emotions weren't trying to rob us, that we didn't have to fight back every single day to tell our soul, "Uh, it's okay, God's got this. Because there's an impartation of power when we submit to His. When we're sitting in our own worry, we're actually limited by our own ability. But when we submit to his authority, we also have an impartation of his power. That's why, that's why um, in the name of Jesus isn't a magic word that we use. Abracadabra, in the name of Jesus. <laughs> we use it like that. But it isn't an abracadabra word. It's saying, I come not in my own authority, not by my own information, not by my own wisdom, but I come through the one who sent me. This is why the the faith of um, the the Roman centurion was so incredible, because he knew what it meant to be under authority, and he knew, it says that, well, if you're under God's authority, all it would take is for you to speak and for things to shift. Because it's not about what you can do, it's about what He can do through you. That's this whole thing, what can God do through, through you? The faith that dares to believe that God says is who He says He is, and you're not. Jesus, thank the Lord for that. But it's in an impartation of power, and it's in the power that things took place. The last P that I've got, because alliterations rule, is that the waiting is a place of practice. Exactly. Shocking. A place of practice. And coming back to this phrase, in the waiting we practice trust. You know, you can um, book a flight to Paris and still not be in Paris unless you board the plane. Crazy. (laughs) Just because someone else purchased you a ticket as well doesn't mean you're on your way. You have to actually take an act of practicing hopping on the plane. We have been bought a ticket of operating in the authority of the kingdom of God, but we have to actually hop on the plane. There's actually a daily choice to say, Lord, I submit to you. I yield my ability. I yield my responsibility. I abdicate control. And God, I practice trust in you. I need to hop on the plane, and the plane is an abdication of control and a practice of trust. God, you've called me here, and even though my emotions may be raging, I know you've called me here. I know that your call is enough, and if you sent, you sent away as well. And you might find yourself in the pit of despair tonight, but know that he has got you, 
And you just need to practice trust in him and in the waiting and the surrender, saying, Lord, I give you my praise. I give you my worship. Even though I don't feel it, I know you're real. Even though I don't see it, I know you are working. There is power in the practice of trust, and it is a place. Jesus often withdrew to pray. And if Jesus needs to do this, gosh, in Jesus' name, I need to as well. <laughs> because I can so easily operate out of my own ability and my own skills that he's given me, but it's not operating out of his power. It's not operating out of his trust. And as soon as I lose it, I see it. You know, there's proximity sensors in your life, going back to that and this practice of trust, that indicates that you're not in proximity. You know, proximity sensors, when someone walks in the door, alert, open the, open the glass door, it's telling you someone's near. Well, there's proximity sensors that say that you're away from God. And it's this, are you anxious? Do you find yourself driven by fear than faith? Do you find yourself sitting under performance, operating out of obligation? Well, the invitation is for you tonight. Would you come home? Jesus didn't say, come to me and be my slave, all who are weary. He says, come to me, all who are weary, and I will give you strength. For my burden is easy. And something else that says as well. <laughs> yeah. But it's not about the program. It's not about the performance. It's about the person and the proximity and the practice of Jesus Christ in our life. Why don't we stand tonight? I want to practice some waiting. And even coach us through tonight. We're going to open the altar in just a second. Before we do, I want to read this psalm once again. And I just want you to close your eyes and let the Spirit speak to your spirit. Let, rather than reading the screen, would you allow the Spirit to read you? Would you connect with words and would they become your prayer tonight? Out of the depths I cry to you, Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. If you, Lord, kept records of sins, Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness so that we can, with reverence, serve you. I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits. And in his word I put my hope. I wait for the Lord more than the watchmen wait for the morning. More than the watchmen wait for the morning. Israel, put your hope in the Lord. Redcliffe, put your hope in the Lord. For with the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. He himself will redeem you from all your sins. Thank you for listening. We pray that this message inspires you to unmistakably influence your world for good and for God. Go ahead and share it with a friend. And can I invite you to connect with us on one of our many social media platforms as well? Most importantly, if you made a decision to follow Jesus, I want to say congratulations. This is the beginning of a life-changing journey. We'd love to see you at one of our many City Point Church services around the world this Sunday. And you can find out more about our service times and locations at citypointchurch.com. We would be so thrilled to see you there.